All right, everyone, welcome to Tonecast 101. We're going to be simulcasting this as well. We're going to be on YouTube, so if you want to watch us on YouTube, if you're listening on our Podbean page, iTunes, anywhere else you find the Tonecast, you can check us out on YouTube. This will be simulcast. I've got uh, a special guest here. I've got Garrett Gardner from uh, Stigma Guitars with me, and uh, I'm excited to chat with him here in just a minute. Garrett, you're going to have to hang out because we're simulcasting this, so typically like we interview a person and then you... You come into the show, but you're actually going to just sit here for the intro. Is that okay? Sounds good to me, okay, sir. Okay, right on. So so Garrett's going to hang out for just a second as I talk about our pickup chooser. That is a form on our website. Go to our website. You can see the pickup chooser form on the top page. And link. Uh, click on that link, and that'll give you um, a way to fill out some information on your, your guitar, what you're looking for pickup-wise, and one of us will get back to you with uh, some suggestions on a set of pickups. So check that out. We'll put a link in the show notes to the Pickup Chooser. Try it out. It's no obligation. It's free. As we mentioned in the last episode, we are stacked up with those Pickup Choosers, and it does take us a little longer. So be patient with us to uh, get back to you. Um, we, we really value that in-person interaction, whether it's a phone call or email. So we want to get back to you as, as quickly as we can. Um, just realize it does take a lot of time as we all talk about guitar stuff together. So I'm here, joined by Garrett Gardner from Stigma Guitars. Garrett, how are you today? Doing well. How are you, Brian? I'm good, man. We're jumping into this uh, this interview we were talking before we recorded that uh, you're going to be our second person ever on the the simulcast. So we're, you know, if you want to watch us, we'll be on YouTube. Our YouTube channel is uh, YouTube.com/backslash/PorterPickups. So Garrett is a local guitar builder here in the Boise area. So I'm excited to talk about a wide variety of subjects with you, Garrett. Um, we're going to split this up kind of into guitar talk and then we're going to transition into something that's kind of important to you and kind of your um you know really behind the the name of your guitar company is is the mental health side of things and and this is something i i have not really thought about until more recently within the last couple of years being the the covid situation being the um things changing with friendships and 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 social groups and all this stuff where where it just everything just takes a toll on you, um, and even this year, personally, I've dealt with some some asthma stuff that's been re-triggered, and and it's honestly really affected my mental health. And so I wanted to have uh, some conversations. I know this is a big part of your your company, so we'll get to that first. But I, I guess let's start with an introduction. Let us know who you are and what you do, and we'll go from there. All righty. Well, hey, I'm uh, Garrett Gardner with uh, Stigma Guitars here in actually Meridian, Idaho. Been building mostly acoustic guitars and ukuleles on and off for past 12 years now. I uh, got into it when I was in high school. Nice. Kind of fell in love with uh, Luthery and just been, uh, it's been a passion of mine for quite a while. Sweet. So you you got the start. So what was that transition of uh, guitars are cool to I want to make guitars? Like, so tell me about that. I grew up doing a lot of woodworking. Mostly it was a lot of lathe work. Okay. And, you know, senior in high school, I was like, you know what? Hey, I love music. I want to learn to play the guitar. But before I learn to play the guitar, let's build a guitar. <laughs> so you got you actually like, <laughs> I'm going to make it, then I'm going to play it. Exactly. So like, I got into building guitars with the hopes of, yeah, I'm going oh, learn to so learn to play. That's like completely backwards from the way that I started. Most people, right, they, they uh, start out playing. I'm like, oh, I'm going to make something. Or in my case, you know, like rip apart a Strat, like see how it's made and stuff like that. So... So you you had the idea of making it. Um, tell me about that first 
kind of journey into like buying woods and uh, I'm sure it was a nightmare, right? <laughs> well, kind of a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, first guitar I ever decided to ever build was going to be out of Curly Koa, full Koa, <laughs> top, back, and sides. The most Ooh. expensive wood possible, base, ex, besides Brazilian rose, rose exactly. wood, basically. And doing it with a cutaway. Nice. And I had never bent wood before in my life. <laughs> Luckily, the uh, buddy of mine in Hawaii I got the wood from misquoted me on the wood price. Mm. And he was like, you know what? Hey, that's on me. I'm going to honor the price. But if you screw it up, you know, you got to pay double. You got to pay double. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it was a long involved process. Did not want to rush it. Took me almost a whole entire year to finally build one. Mm. But yeah, it was just a big giant stepping stone. Caused me to really fall in love with it. And I think if I would have gone with something that would have been easier, it might not have attracted me as much, mm. you know, because it kind of gave me that extra little incentive of, oh, hey, you know, got to really pay attention to what you're doing here. Yeah. So some people I know that get started, they buy maybe the kits from like Stumac or, you know, they've got the, the sides bent already and they, or they, you know, buy the buy the neck already carved basically and then put a fretboard on it. So you just kind of went from from lumber from the get-go. Huh? Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Wow. What would you have done differently uh, based on that first kind of experience? Would you, like, so say someone's in, in your shoes, they're like, I'm just going to go for it and build like a, you know, Martin custom shop level guitar from, from day one. Right. What would you kind of go back and like you know, maybe slap the earlier Garrett and say... <sighs> Uh, what would you what would you change about that process? There's actually a lot of things that would change now that I know how to do some stuff. <laughs> I probably would have been like, okay, hey, let's get this piece of koa. Let's sit on it until maybe my second build. Let's build something yeah. a little bit easier, um, you know, like a mahogany, something that's you know less apt to crack or snap while you're trying to bend it. Yeah, you know, something a little bit more forgiving. Um, Probably would have started a little bit differently, and then just some of the stuff I've learned along the way that you know I wish I would have known. It would have saved <laughs> right. a whole lot of headache, a whole yeah. lot of time. I mean, like the first guitar that I built took me four guitar necks to finally get mm -hmm. it right. Okay, and so you just kept kind of like I, this takes me back seriously to the <laughs> early days of trying to make electrics. Even too, I've got um, even yesterday we're cleaning out our garage for the garage door guy to repair something, and I've got a pile of the old bodies in the garage and it sounds sounds weird saying I've got bodies in my garage but um, the electric bodies of like the all the trying and failing and and this is like a portion of the history of of Porter but um, thinking about yeah the four like how many times does it take me to make a make a neck as many as as many as it does right mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah man so the so did you bend the sides on a on a pipe did you use like a, a bending machine kind of what how did you start thinking about this like how am I going to bend these woods? So the first guitar I ever built, I did multiple different ways. Okay. I tried originally doing a hot pipe, which for me, because I wasn't going to go out and buy a, an actual electric pipe for bending, I took a pipe and had a blowtorch blowing into it okay. to heat the pipe. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, so kind of an old school method of doing it. Yeah. Was not doing that really well by hand. And so I wound up building a mold similar to a lot of the bending machines you actually see on the market today. Okay. You know, and would use a silicone heating blanket nice. that is used a lot of times with that method that I felt was a lot more forgiving, a lot easier to to use. Yeah. And so I wound up doing that for the majority of it, and that's what I've sticked with ever since. Okay, cool. 
Cool. Yeah, and that's that's definitely the part of the acoustic building process that I would I, I seem like is the scariest part or the you know the hardest to kind of get over that. Start applying pressure to the wood and hope you don't hear any scary sounds of cracking and popping and exploding. I think I tried once or twice to make an acoustic and um, I didn't get very far. <laughs> yeah, and I mean uh, bending the wood. I mean it's one of those things that's going along perfectly well, and the next thing you know just decides to snap. You gave it yeah. a little too much, just the tiniest bit too much <laughs> right. pressure, and you're in the same spot, yeah. and yeah. And some woods see... bend better when they're wet, and some also when they're dry, too. Oh, so, crazy. I mean, that's a whole other learning curve oh, that you're man. learning as you're trying all these different woods out. Man, and and as far as, like, you watch, like, Taylor's, you know, robot bending machines, you're like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> and it, like, forms the... Uh, it forms the sides. You're like, oh, that sounds so awesome right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is there any woods that you love to bend? And is there any woods that you hate to bend? As much as I actually work with uh, curly maple, mm-hmm. I hate bending it. Mm-hmm. It is so unpredictable. Um, it's a little bit more forgiving than curly koa is, okay. but it's still just the grain pattern very much can be so unpredictable it likes to snap along the um the curl marks oh, okay um so that, and that could be determined by how tight the curls are right exactly so you could have tight curls and then you could have wide curls and it could snap in between yeah two of them. that's really interesting and then like some of the you know there's a difference between like the real soft maples and the real hard maples as well gotcha those wind up acting differently okay mahogany is one that actually is very easy to work with okay any specific type of mahogany or just in general? I uh, usually go with genuine mahogany. Okay. You know, so the mahogany is from uh, uh, Central and South America. Okay, nice. That's very cool. So as far as like some of your favorite wood combinations in an acoustic guitar, do you have like a favorite back and side combo? Uh, maybe like two or three, uh, you know, everyone's like, well, rosewood and spruce, but maybe some non-traditional ones that you've kind of, I know you showed me a guitar recently, but some a couple that maybe you feel like are, are sleepers or you've just really enjoyed and fallen right. in love with. So one that I've come to really love over the past year and a half has been um, spruce for the top with back and sides out of black walnut. Mm, okay. You lose a little bit of the sustain that you would normally get, but instead you get this real woody, real dark, deep uh, voice to it. Okay. That especially if you start uh, drop tuning it a little bit, it starts to really sing. It has a real nice angry roar to it. Nice. Yeah. So I, I know that like sometimes walnut is seen as like a a cheaper or inferior wood. Sometimes maybe just because it's not exotic, it's domestic for the most you know most walnuts are around here. And um, so, what would you say to someone who's like not sure about trying walnut? Would you kind of like bust the myth in a way? Like, uh, definitely. Okay. I mean, I, I think that there's a lot of. Um, uh, non-domestic woods that are actually really slept on. Mm. Um, walnut being a big one. Sure. Myrtle wood is another one yeah. that I think makes an, a killer acoustic instrument. Uh, maple can be bright at times, but you know if you can voice it a little bit differently, you know that will make a big change. You can warm it up just a little bit as well. Yeah. You know, very traditional wood, but I think it's kind of slept on a little bit. Nice. Yeah. So then as far as like what... What makes a good guitar? I mean, this is a very broad statement, but um, what are the factors to you that make or break an acoustic guitar in terms of construction and and just what it is as an instrument? So something for me that has become something that I will swear by is the glue. Mm. Hide glue to me makes a huge, huge difference. Okay. 
in the overall tone of the guitar. You get a better adhesion. It dries a lot harder and a lot stronger. You get a better bond. So okay. Seems to also dampen the vibration less than a traditional uh, PVA glue would. Okay, interesting. So, so I know that that's sort of like the the you know a lot of the marketing is like, oh, it's all high glue, glue construction, and so you feel like maybe it doesn't doesn't inhibit the the joining of the different pieces of wood, and and just gives you kind of just better resonance across yeah. the board, or it keeps the resonance intact. Maybe correct. It's yeah. more it's more of an honest. Um, Vibration, I guess, throughout the guitar is that is that a fair way to say it? Yeah, that would definitely say that's a okay. fair way of putting it. Because I know, like a lot of in the electric world, a lot of people are like, well, set neck versus bolt on versus you know, on our our own guitars, we did the, you know, big steel neck plate and inserts in there and and big big threaded bolts, and I felt like that was better than just screwing in a couple bolts to the wood. You know, that 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 was just my my thing on on electric guitar resonance. Um, the other thing is is big in the acoustic guitar world is the neck joint itself. So I know that um, you kind of have some different different thoughts on the neck joint mm -hmm. and kind of what you do. So maybe let's talk about the neck joint of the acoustic and kind of your philosophy, I guess, on that. Okay. Yeah, I've tried a couple different methods. Uh, I've done some just dovetail um, joints, but sure. mainly I actually do a mortise and tenon, okay. which I will do a bolt-on neck. You know, okay. I'll put a, um, a threaded insert into the tenon on the heel, and then I will use a uh, bolt to go through okay. and connect everything together, so which that. has been something that I think you get a, well, I wouldn't necessarily say better when it comes to acoustic, but I... I like the ability that you have with going with that type of method as opposed to simply just gluing sure. in a um, dovetail joint. So a lot of people say that, well, that's easier for repairs and, exactly. and resets of the neck should that need to be uh, the case. And that makes a lot of sense to me because, um, I mean, I've seen some that, uh, I can't remember, it was one, it was like a zero glue neck joint or there's like not much glue at all mm -hmm. kind of thing. And it was the big marketing thing as well as natural like connection of the woods and stuff like that. So it's funny to see different people's kind of philosophies, I guess, on that. So I was curious, I was curious about yours. And um, I'm going to just actually break the format just a little bit. We'll actually start now with, I want, I want people to know where to find you. I was going to do this at the end, but I think it makes sense now to just say, hey, let people know about your website and all that, and then we'll jump into kind of the second half of our conversation. Okay. Yeah, so you can find me online at uh, stigmaguitars.com, also on social media. Um, Instagram is also uh, at stigmaguitars, Facebook as well. Cool. Okay. Yeah, so we'll put links to some of his, uh, Garrett's social media in the show notes and in the YouTube page notes as well for those watching this video. Um, that, that gives, you know, just a chance for you guys to go see what he's building. And then for those on video, we're going to be putting some pictures of his guitars throughout the interview so people can see what's going on. And I want to transition into kind of the second half of our interview. Um, this is kind of associated big time with who you are, with the name of your, your guitar company, and as well as just kind of get into the weeds a little bit in this mental health subject. So the name Stigma Guitars um, kind of give, for those who have been to Garrett's website, kind of, you kind of give the backstory there. But Let's talk a little bit about the name and why your company is named Stigma Guitars. Okay. Yeah. So it kind of stemmed from a conversation that I had with a friend of mine a couple of years ago. Mm. Um, we were talking about just depression, anxiety, stuff like that. And, you know, we both 
shared with each other that, you know what, we wish that we would have sought help sooner mm. than we did. And thinking of that made me think, all right, hey, you know, this guitar business that I want to start back up again, let's go ahead and, you know, call it stigma. That mm. way, you know what, help, hey, what does that mean? Well, you know what, there's a stigma involved about mental health and talking about mental health. Sure. And wanted to use that as just a way of, you know, being, hey, you know what, it's okay to talk about it. It's okay to not feel great and, you know, sometimes not feeling great, but, yeah. you know, and admitting that to someone is the best thing that you can do. Sure, that's great. Yeah, and I think I think sometimes as, uh, as business owners and guys, we're like, hey, we, you know, we, don't, we don't have a problem. We just push through it and we, we deal with it. And I think that um, that's certainly something I've been more aware of lately of just and this thing is taking a toll on me, this business that I love. And that's probably the hardest part is you love it, but it also, um, things that you love about it actually can can cause you some emotional damage <laughs> and, and, and a tough situations um, dealing with, you know, a wide variety of things, whether it's just like dynamics with people or, or um, you know, business decisions and the weight of, okay, I've got to make this financial decision and I've got enough to do. And I need to buy five major things right now, and I have enough to buy three. But what are the three that I need? And just kind of that toll of like decision making all the time, right? You, we're not, as business owners, we're not, um, you know, waiting for someone else to make a decision for us. Like we carry the weight of every decision that's made, and there's a cause and effect to those decisions, and that just that just kind of yeah. like grinds you down, right? You're looking at buying wood, and you're like, well, if I bought this top, this would be really cool. But I don't have an order for it, so maybe I shouldn't buy it. And then you just kind of like, you're kind of like having this like wrestling match in your brain of like the right and wrong or the angels on the shoulder thing, right? Exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, so, so maybe as you became aware of kind of the mental health thing, um, how was that transition in kind of like being okay talking about it, or you know, probably finding some safe places for for like your friend or whatever, just to be like, hey, man, I think something's off, and um, you know, maybe talk about kind of that. Was that more of like a breakthrough for you in like a good way and kind of just in, healing in, a little in bit? In some ways it was a breakthrough, you know, because I've always been one that if there's something going on, I usually keep it to myself. Yeah. I don't yeah. ever vocalize it. I just internalize it. Sure. Which sure. then that's... No one, the, ever, no one ever does that, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For me, at least, if you start to really internalize stuff, it just starts to even snowball effect, just yeah. gets larger and larger. Next thing you know, you're having a mental breakdown. Yeah. Um, so, you know, opening up about stuff with people and just being um, more apt to focus on it as well, sure. as opposed to like, oh, you know what, I'm just going to toss this in the back of my mind, come back to it at a later mm -hmm. time. You know, tackling your uh, obstacles head on when they're happening yeah. is something that um, I think was was really big for me with that. Okay. So like in the past, you would probably just, like you said, internalize them or, or run away from them. but. But I guess I want to—I don't want to push back too much. But I want to say, like, how do you find that balance? Maybe where you feel like identifying the ways that it does, uh, you know, taking it head on might actually mean taking a break from something for a while, mm -hmm. or or shutting it down, or going going on a hike, or or whatever. So, like, are those kind of things that kind of uh, maybe recharge or kind of restart your system a little bit? Yeah. Is that maybe some some ways that you you can share some ways that you kind of. Uh, combat that, I guess. So some ways that I actually do that is if I find myself going nonstop, mm -hmm. I, I struggle with burnout really bad. And so I will have to take a, a day or two, just 
go with my dog, go for a hike up in the mountains, go yeah. for a walk down by the river, right. you know, work in the garden or something. <laughs> uh, you know, as weird as it sounds, it's just, you know, getting away from what I love doing most to yeah. just being in a setting that I love, you know, yeah. going and sitting up in the mountains, doing absolutely nothing, just thinking mm. has been something that helps drastically. Another thing I also have found that helps me a lot is doing, I guess you could call it charity work in a way. Hmm. You know, I'll actually take a break away from building something for a business purpose and just build a guitar for a friend, build Hmm. a ukulele for a friend, just build something that it's like, you know what, I'm not making a dime off of this. It's just enabling me to just kind of like just recharge Hmm. and kind of give back in a way. Yeah, but if you're watching this and listening to this, don't don't hit up Garrett thinking he's going to give you free instruments all day, right? Because he's he's got to make a few bucks, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think for me too, it, it is like a, it's funny that you mentioned like just doing something that's that's different. Um, that really has helped, and I think that that's important to be aware of that, right? And the, a lot of times the business world is just like get more, get more, work harder, work. You know, the last like. Three weeks. Part of why I wanted to have you on, honestly. So the last uh, three weeks or so, we've been we've been absolutely slammed. I've got my kids helping, and I've got to you know working super late nights, long long days, working on the weekends, um, trying to get some new business taken care of and kind of set us up for the next phase. But I'm really feeling that burden of um, just not being able to get outside. And part of it is had an asthma episode this year several times, and so I'm not able to physically do things like riding my bike and that was kind of my my outlet my recharge and and so now I'm not able to do that which is also compounding the stress Mm. because I like I have an outlet that I really want to do but I can't do it yet Um, and so it's just taking a toll definitely on me and I think that you know you mentioned having people in your life that you trust that you can talk to and say hey man I'm I'm a little off I'm not doing great Um, and even if it's just like Let's go have coffee, and that's that's honestly like beneficial, you know, to have something that is not the business because I do struggle with the this um, like I feel like it's too, you know, when you when you see the sheep that are just like hitting heads right and they're fighting, I feel like it's like your passion and your, um, you know, your passion and your need to kind of provide and and all these things you're just they're always fighting each other because I'm like oh, I got to get this done because then I can. You know, then we can move to the next step. And like, but I got to make sure I can. Get, I can. I'm alive for the next step, right? Right. Right. Got to make sure I have. I have the capacity to, to handle what's coming. Um, so, so now that I guess you're more aware of that, um, what advice would you give others who maybe have felt? I mean, I think that, like we talked about earlier, but this last couple of years, I, I don't know anyone that hasn't been mentally impacted mm-hmm. in some way with with shutdowns with limitations with, I mean, we're dealing with the music industry who, you know, people need to play shows and basically the world was like, you can't play shows for 18 months. Yeah. And that, how, how much that of a toll that took on people. So what would you say would be some advice for people, um, that are feeling that way? And maybe they're not necessarily in the gear world. So we have, you know, non guitar players that listen to this show, but uh, what would be some of your advice that you kind of give them to, uh, to not only be aware of that, but to to help um, combat against it. Right. You know, there's multiple things you can do. I mean, talking to somebody, whether that be a therapist, whether that just be a you know family member, friend, someone that you're comfortable with, you know, just being yeah. willing to open up, you know, share, hey, this is what I'm feeling. This is what's been affecting me. 
you know, and not feel any shame in that. You know, there's nothing wrong with admitting that you're having an off day, off week, right? You know, whatever. I mean, the past two years have yeah, definitely been off and off like <laughs> 2020s. <laughs> exactly right. I mean, it, it's been yeah. unprecedented times. Yeah. I mean, it's to me, I can look at the past couple of years and be like, you know, it's had its good, it's had its bad. Right. You know, because it's, it's for me, everything locked down. I'm like, well, what am I going to do? That's what I actually got back into guitar building. Okay. You know, I was like, hey, I can't go do anything. Every place is closed. Why not get back into the shop? You know, and it rekindled a passion that I have. That's cool. You know, and I've known other people that have um, just found different hobbies. They've picked up playing musical instruments because it's like, well, what else can I do during this time? Yeah. But, you know, with the good that's come from it, there's been a lot of negative as well. Of course. You know, but uh, yeah, just being able to open up with people, I think is is huge. Cool. And then finding those people that you do trust. Exactly. Um, you know, you just want to like walk to some guy at Subway and be like, I'm struggling right now. You exactly. Know? Yeah. But but yeah, that's good to have kind of those safe places. I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, so kind of as we close here, um, this is definitely like a conversation that is ongoing, right? We're all dealing with different stuff and 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 I personally just don't want to be afraid to talk about it um, as we we kind of navigate all the challenges of this business and you know doing this business this long has definitely you know I've gone through a lot of up and downs and um, definitely relate to you in the, in a way of like trying to make an instrument and dealing with like setbacks and struggles and and, and we're certainly not in this place where everything's perfect at, by any means we're always going to have setbacks and struggles and challenges and. Um, yeah, just being aware of like, man, I'm not, I'm not kind of, I'm not on my game right now, and I need to to figure out what are my recharging items, and maybe it's, you know, shoveling dirt in your backyard. Right. Maybe that's what it is, and that's that's okay. Yeah. And it's productive in in a way you're investing in yourself being right for the next week because you know you got stuff coming up, but like, go watch a basketball game on TV, go on a hike or go fishing or whatever, and then you're actually going to be more productive in the following week, mm-hmm. a lot of times I find. So that's that's definitely one way to uh, to approach it, man. I think thank you for being on the show. I do want to have you in just maybe with a quick, you know, if, if someone's in this this wanting to make acoustic guitar mm-hmm. specifically, um, how, I mean, this this is, could go really long, but maybe like a two-minute answer of um, where would you, you say, hey, I want, you should start here. Um, you should start at this kind of down this path, or, or uh, maybe, maybe how would how would you recommend someone approaching becoming an acoustic guitar maker? If someone wanted to actually get into acoustic guitar building, um, you know, myself, I did a lot of reading. There was a lot mm-hmm. of books that I read, you know, published anywhere from the 1970s up until um, 2010. You okay. know, a wide range of stuff. Don't remember the names of any of the books off the top of my head, but <laughs> something I would definitely point people yeah. towards sure. is um, sure. a company in, I believe it's Colorado, O'Brien Guitars. Okay. Um, what's the guy's name? He's got a YouTube channel and stuff, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I think I'm he's, familiar yeah, with that. Yeah, he's got um, a wonderful online course that even I have been you know building for a while. I've gotten a lot of... Um, information cool out of him that cool. is um yeah very beneficial cool so get kind of depending on your learning style whether it's a text or video or or a combination of both um just what you're saying is kind of consume as much 
yeah, stuff. It, yeah, consume, consume as much as you can, you know, yeah. on all aspects of it, you know, learn about it. You know, I know there's multiple places throughout the country that you can take a, um, a short course on actually doing yeah. one yeah. as well. That's cool too, especially for the practical learner where they just want to see it being done versus like reading a book and that doesn't, you know, I'm, I'm definitely like not the read a book guy. Like, you know, I get, I get furniture and I like throw away the manual and then I try to figure out how to make it. So <laughs> it was just, which has caused me a lot more heartache than I'd like, but, Always. but when I learn it, I learn it. Right. And right. I don't often make the mistake again, but I, I make, you know, I probably didn't, I need to make seven mistakes to get to what, what I would say is like, you know, a perfection level. Um, I could probably just like do it right from the beginning and study a little bit more, but that's just never been my style. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people ask like, "Hey, did you get? Did you go to school for pickup making?" I'm like, "Nope, I really? Just, I just did it." Um, and that's not any like credit I'm giving myself, but uh, that's just kind of the way that uh, the way that it uh, went, I guess. And so, um, yeah, that's really that's really the way that I I learn and the way that I I approach stuff. But I, I also am jealous of people who can read a manual and make something or look at a manual and fix a car or something. I'm like, I'm, yeah. I'm like, man, how do you do that? Right. Like, you read the instructions to do it. I'm like, but show me how to do it. And then I could probably do it. You know? Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause see, actually at the beginning of 2021, I was looking into building my own pickups for mm. electric guitars that I wanted okay. to do down the road. Yeah. I was doing a ton of reading on it. I'm like, this is all French to me. You know, luckily we had a mutual friend that was like, Hey, if you talk to Brian Porter over at Porter pickups. And I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, what's uh, getting to meet him? You know, and yeah, you know, that's been great because I'm like, all right, I can't figure this stuff out. Let's just go with uh, someone who makes a good product. Yeah, right on, man. Well, it was good to have you on the show. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, thanks um, for having me. We'll definitely uh, we'll catch you again soon um, on a future episode. I know that uh, I'd love to have you back on with getting into the weeds a little bit more for guitar making stuff. And I think that that would be kind of fun as we continue. I know that for um, for those that are listening to this show and watching on YouTube, I know that it's a, there's a, um, a project that we're working on together that will happen at some point. Right. Um, so that's a little teaser for those who are listening to the show, just kind of keep track of uh, social media on both of our accounts and, and maybe you'll see something later this year. That, that involves both of our companies. Yeah, I look forward to that it. Is a, that is a teaser. But yeah, thanks for being on the Tonecast. This is episode 101. We will catch you next time on 102. Thanks so much. All righty.